ask some questions. And so it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so the question that I ask is, well, why is it, or it seems odd that the Spirit of God would lead Jesus into the wilderness just so that he could be tempted by the devil? But what the Bible writer is actually trying to say, and the way that it fails to come across to us in the 21st century, is that Jesus was continually being led by the Spirit. And when Jesus is led into the wilderness, it isn't just so that he can be tempted, right? We've established that it's so that he could be exposed to the presence of God. And it just so happens that it was in that moment of him connecting to God that the devil decides to come in and try to put some doubts into the mind of Jesus. And so the word for tempted in the Greek doesn't matter what it sounds like, but there's two different connotations for the word tempted. On the one hand, there's temptation, right? The temptation we have to steal, the temptation we have to lie, the temptation we have to do a hundred million other things that we're tempted to do. So on the one hand, there's that temptation, but on the other side of that word is also can be used to talk about being tested. So on the one hand, sometimes a temptation may feel just like a temptation, but we're, we're inviting you this morning to think of it not just as something you're being tempted by, but the opposite side of that coin is that it is also an opportunity or a test for you to grow in your faith. You see, when we succumb to temptation, then what ends up happening is we beat ourselves up for it. We feel guilty for the things that we've done when, we're, when we succumb to temptation. But if we can look at temptation as an opportunity for your faith to grow, then we can begin to live for something that's much bigger and much broader than just the thing that's in front of us. Does that make sense? Temptation isn't just to get you to sin, but rather God can use a temptation in order to help your faith to grow. Because we know that if left to ourselves, oftentimes we will be, so we will be overtaken by the temptation. But if we learn like Jesus to ground ourselves in the power of God, then we will be able to overcome any and all temptation. Now, the Bible does say that God cannot be tempted, so he is not the one that tempts us. The Bible is clear that the one who tempts us is the accuser or the devil. He is the one that puts those little hints of doubt in your head that what Jesus says isn't really true. When we look at the story of Adam and Eve, we see that it wasn't that the fruit wasn't such a bad thing. That wasn't what the issue was. The issue was that they did not trust God, and instead they trusted someone else more than they trusted God. So the tempter came and he said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And I underline that word if because Jesus had just been told, you are the son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus's identity was rooted in the love of the father. The identity of Jesus was that he is the beloved son in whom God is well pleased. And now the devil, in the very next story, says, if, if you are truly the Son of God. In some ways, he was trying to get Jesus to question his authority. Now, we know this story well, and we know, for the most part, how it ends. But you have to remember, this was 40 days of Jesus being famished and hungry and thirsty. He was weak. He had no, in a sense, willpower of his own, maybe. The devil will often come 
and raise these doubts in our head. Lead us into temptation when we are at our weakest. Because he knows that when we are at our weakest, it is easier for us to succumb to it. But Jesus has the antidote to that. The Bible tells us that it is when we are weakest that God's strength is made perfect in each one of you. It is in your weakness that God's strength is perfected. And so what we find is that although the devil was trying to insert this doubt into Jesus' mind, Jesus would not be moved. His faith and his trust in God would not waver because he knew that God was stronger than this one. So real quick, the other part of this that Jesus is doing, when Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God, what he was actually doing is he was recalling the story of the Israelites in the desert. We all remember that story, right? God provides manna from heaven for the Israelites. And in a sense, that was one of the ways that God tested their faith. They were hungry. They were on the run, right? They were running for their lives. And God provided manna for them. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back, in a sense, into slavery just so that they could have food. And God says, just trust me. I'm going to send you food. And God does send them food in the form of manna. He sends them, and and we don't, right? It was like some sort of grain that they could make breads and other things out of. And what Jesus is doing is he is recalling what scripture had already said. So when you are confronted with temptation, it isn't just, well, I'm gonna run away from it. But what Jesus teaches us to do is to use the stories of scripture or to use the words that we find in the scripture to give you strength and promise and hope to get past the temptation that is in front of you. Because we don't always have the strength that we need to overcome the temptations. And if you're anything like me, the truth is is that we need God more than ever when we are tempted because what temptations do is it reveals who your true self is. Temptations reveal who you are living for. Because when you just give in to the temptation, what you're saying is I'm just living for myself to satiate the thing that is in front of me the thing that is immediate. But what we find in Jesus is that if we can overcome those things, there is something better waiting for us. And so Jesus responds with this. It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is giving us this example that the more that we dig into the word, the more that we dig into the scriptures, there is power that comes from that. There is this source of energy that God uses and he gives us this hope and this attitude of victory over the things that are befalling us. And so I kind of want to finish with this next passage. So we've been talking about temptations and, and what the devil was really trying to do was see if Jesus truly trusted God more than he trusted anything else. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt that God would help him even through this difficult time, right? And so what we do and what we know is that the reason that Jesus was able to overcome, the reason that Jesus was able to to trust God more is because Jesus loved the Father. Now, we can't get into all of the Bible verses that talk about this. You know, if you read the book of John, you'll be able to find that there's tons of passages that talk about the love that God has for Jesus and vice versa. 
But if you remember at the very end of John chapter 21, Jesus has a conversation with Peter and he asks him this one question, do you love me? He asks him three different times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And we know that love, underneath love, is trust. And what Jesus was really asking Peter is, do you trust me? Jesus was leaving. He was ascending to the Father, and he was leaving the disciples to continue the message in this world. And Jesus was asking Peter, do you trust me? Do you love me? The way that you continue to center yourself, to ground yourself in God, is asking yourself the question, do you love him? And you can only truly love someone that you know, right? Until you know someone. You can tell someone you love them, but it's not until you know them and you've been through stuff with them that you truly know that you love them. If you tell someone, hey, I love you, and you just met them, that's just a crush, okay? That's not real love. So you can tell God you love him all you want, but the question is, do you, have you taken the time to enter into this relationship with the God who loves you? Because it is only when you have that relationship that you begin to see the benefits of, of what it looks like to trust God in everything. So when the doubt comes in, when other things try to define who you are, you can remember that just as Jesus is the one in whom God is pleased, you as the son and a daughter of God are also one whom God is well pleased with. And when your identity is wrapped up in the God of the universe, you begin to see the smaller temptations in your life as just small and momentary obstacles to get past. Temptations are always going to try to veer you away from the path that God has carved in your life. And that's what the devil was trying to do. Is there a big deal that Jesus turned stones into bread? I mean, would that have changed all of the course of human history? We don't know because it didn't happen. But what we know is that what the devil was doing is he was just trying to get him to veer away from the will that God had for his life. Because the devil knows that if he can get you to veer a little, in the long run, a little bit is actually what? A lot. Even if it's just millimeters, it will eventually change the course of history. So when you face temptations, it's never just because of the thing that is right in front of you. It's that you are trying to be drawn away from the path that God has carved for your life. And the one who will miss out isn't God, but it'll be you who misses out on the, God, on the life that God has for you. So the next time that you encounter temptations in your life, do what Jesus did. Go into the scriptures. I don't know where, just open it, right? I'm not going to give you verses because that's superstitious, right? Like if I say use this verse and then you'll get past the temptation. But that's why we memorize scripture. Um, the late Kurt Mountain, who was our head elder for many years, he would always tell me that whenever he faced temptations or, or whenever he was feeling down or whenever he just needed guidance, he had memorized Bible verses his entire life. And so he would just be able to kind of think on those, meditate on those things, because he knew that God would use the scriptures to strengthen him through the difficult times. And I believe that that's true. And I think if you've been exposed to that, you know that that is true. And that's what Jesus is giving us the, the example of. 
remember not just what the Bible says, but remember who it is that says it. Because who it is that says and speaks the stories of Scripture is the one who can help you to get through even the worst of your temptation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you have allowed us to come to you, that you have allowed us to, to, to bear down on you whenever we face temptations. And so I pray for my friends who are here this morning, Lord, that the temptations that they are dealing with in their life that can change the course of their relationships, of their jobs, of their friendships, God, that you would give them the strength to overcome, that you would help them to trust you even more, and that they would be victorious over those temptations. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.